Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson. And the New York Giants season is drawing to a close. And as we all know, the upcoming 2024 NFL Draft, it's going to be an interesting one. The Giants, there's a lot of speculation that they will be targeting a quarterback with their top pick. Right now, they currently hold the fifth overall pick in the draft order. But there are two games left to play, so that's subject to change. There's a chance that they move all the way up to the third spot. There's also a chance that they fall outside of the top five but however ESPN analytics gives them a 75% chance of landing a top five pick and with that top five pick what will they be doing with it who will they be drafting a lot of fans again think it's going to be a quarterback however there are some other teams particularly one in the NFC East that are also seeking a quarterback the Washington Commanders are reportedly quote very interested in drafting Caleb Williams out of USC Caleb Williams the consensus number one overall pick if the Chicago Bears decide to draft him that puts it to rest but if they decide to trade out of the first overall pick and rock with Justin Fields for another year the Washington Commanders are bound to come calling and moving up into that number one overall draft pick and even if that doesn't happen if the if Caleb Williams doesn't go to Washington we know that Washington is seeking a quarterback so how does that affect the New York Giants draft plans especially considering they're going to be picking at number five due in large part because they beat the Washington Commanders twice this season that's why the Giants are now behind them in the draft order so some interesting things developing here months away from draft season however it's all going to start picking up really quickly as this roster building portion of the offseason comes by uh, in just a couple months here with the draft and free agency and all that good stuff but right now it's going to be interesting to take a look at this New York Giants uh, team and this rumor with the Washington Commanders and kind of take a look at how these two rivals have another rivalry brewing right now a little bit of a market war here to try and land a top quarterback in the upcoming draft so we're going to go ahead and discuss this in today's episode but before we dive into all that make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode subscribe to the channel if you are new ring the bell so you don't miss an episode comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section if you listen on apple or spotify please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at fireside giants but without further ado alex how are you doing today my friend and what is your initial reaction to the news that the washington commanders are very interested in trading up for usc quarterback Caleb Williams well I'm doing pretty good and well I guess worse knowing that the Giants are gonna have substantial competition for a quarterback and I know a lot of people are on the fence about whether they should draft one or not and you know the truth is is I think we're going to be sitting here wondering the same thing next year if we don't and we're going to be sitting here wondering why we won six games again um, and the fact that we just can't push past that threshold and I'd rather watch the Giants struggle with legitimate upside and legitimate hope and optimism uh, that the future could be better I'd rather watch a rookie quarterback struggle then watch a quarterback in his fifth year struggle. That's my personal take. I don't know about you guys. But truth is this, um, the Giants face a pretty daunting kind of challenge trying to get one of these quarterbacks to begin with. It seems like Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels all could go in the top five. Now, the drop-off after them is significant. J.J. McCarthy, no thanks. Bo Nix, no thanks. Michael Penix, you, you know, you're looking at guys that are probably late first round, if not early second round selections at this point in time because of that drop-off in talent. Um, Jaden Daniels is quickly rising up boards. Obviously, I've been on, on a, you know, tangent advocating for him Anthony you also like him a lot so you know this is a player who obviously is getting that attention the combine could even boost his stock even further and significantly further it could even boost him above Drake May at this point so looking at those top five picks 
you know, Carolina obviously going to Chicago, Arizona, Washington, New England, and the Giants. So assuming like the best case scenario here is that Chicago and Arizona decide that they don't want new quarterbacks. They want to stick with Justin Fields, stick with Kyler Murray. And Washington, New England, and the Giants uh, end up staying put. But the thing is, that top five is probably going to get a little muddied. Whether the Giants want to move up, whether New England wants to move up, those there's going to be a really big battle uh, to get one of those top two picks so they can get their choice of quarterback. Arizona and Carolina have an opportunity to say to themselves, let's move back, get a monster amount of capital, still get like Malik Neighbors or still get Marvin Harrison Jr. or Oshu, uh, o, whatever, you know, Fashanu, and you know, walk away with draft capital in the future that, you know, is a security blanket. Chicago will likely walk away with another first round pick. That way, if Justin Fields doesn't take a big step forward next year, after getting two really good offensive pieces in the draft, they can move on and they'll have the capital to do so. Um, You know, because the Giants or whatever team has a rookie quarterback is probably not going to be very good. Go look at Bryce Young and the Panthers. They're probably not going to win a whole ton of games, Um, but they are going to have a quarterback of the future that they are developing. So, you know, you look at the situation at hand, Washington's in a tremendous spot right now because they are, you know, third in the draft. They can move up one, two spots. Um, it's going to cost them. But, you know, if I'm Arizona or Carolina, I probably don't even want to deal with Washington. You probably want to deal with the England, New England or the Giants because they're going to have to give up a first-round pick to get in front of Washington. So, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Like, how do you think this works out if Washington's at three? You know, you're, you're Chicago, you're Arizona. You probably want to move, in my opinion at least, I think you probably want to move back to four or five because you're still going to walk away with one of the top receivers or top offensive line uh, pieces in this draft class. And you're going to get more draft capital for the future than if you just moved one spot with Washington. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on how the Giants kind of land in this equation and what it's going to take for them to move up? Because if they want their guy, it's going to cost a lot. It's going to take a lot because if you're Chicago moving down two spots, three spots, if you're Arizona moving down one to two spots, you want to try and move down as close to your original pick as possible while gaining as much as possible. The only way for those teams to get more is to move down farther, but some of those teams have their eyes set on specific players. Like if you're Arizona picking at number two and you have Washington at number three, you don't want to go down to number four because you have a specific player in mind, which is likely Marvin Harrison Jr., right? Let's say Arizona wants Marvin Harrison, but they don't want to take a wide receiver with the second overall pick in the draft. Totally fine. That's understandable. Wide receivers usually don't go in the top three. So if you want to move down one spot, get Marvin Harrison Jr. at number three, plus an additional future first or future second round pick, that's the move. And you don't continue to move down and take a risk on another prospect. So I think it's going to be really tough for the New York Giants to jump over the Washington Commanders in this scenario. I don't think that it's a matter of just offering more. Some of these teams are going to say, I'm not getting out of range to where I'll even risk losing out on this player. And Marvin Harrison Jr. being this widely touted generational receiver prospect, he's a player that teams are not going to move off of. If they have an opportunity to draft him, they will go ahead and draft him and they will risk nothing. They will move down one spot maximum to draft him. They will stick and pick to draft him. I don't see a team moving down three spots and expecting Marvin Harrison Jr. to continue to fall those three spots and land right back into their lap. So I don't think that Arizona makes a big trade down. I think that if you're looking at it on the board right here and you're saying the Giants can offer them more and get up to number two than Washington can from three to two, 
I don't agree with that. I think that Washington is going to win that trade offer, that that bidding war for that third overall pick because Arizona doesn't have to move down as far. Now for Carolina, it's different. Or I mean, not Carolina. For Chicago, owning Carolina's pick, the first overall pick, it's different because Chicago is going to move down out of the way of a Marvin Harrison Jr. anyway. So if they're moving down to three, they're probably not getting MHJ because Arizona is probably going to take him. If they're moving down to four, if they're moving down to five, whatever the case might be, they're not getting that generational receiver prospect. So you could probably assume that they're fine moving down even further than the top five if they really want to. So I think that if the Giants want to move up for a top quarterback, I don't think it starts at number two. I think it starts at number one. I think that you have to try and get into that first overall pick and get who you want. But the price tag for that is going to be steep. And I know a lot of Giants fans are apprehensive to the idea of giving up a lot of draft capital for a quarterback prospect that you don't know whether or not they're going to pan out. But realistically, to move up from five to one, that could cost the Giants three first round picks. It would cost them their current first round pick in this year's draft next year 2025 NFL draft first round pick and maybe even your 2026 first round pick and if you're not offering two first round picks you're probably offering a first round pick plus a blue chip player if you look around the Giants roster they don't have many blue chip players so they don't really have much to offer in that regard if you're looking at last year's draft uh, Car- Carolina moved up to number one overall by trading a first round pick at DJ Moore a blue chip player I don't think that the Giants have a DJ Moore type of player that they that can they can view as expendable like that that they can move on from and get over into the first overall pick for their franchise quarterback. So Honestly, the Giants are in a pretty tricky spot here with Washington ahead of them. Washington being closer to that first overall pick has a higher chance of trading into that first overall pick and into the second overall pick as well. So the New York Giants, the only way that they leapfrog Washington, they're going to have to offer an egregious amount of draft capital. And again, I'm okay with that. I'm personally, I'm fine with it. I know that a lot of Giants fans are going to say you can't fill all the holes on this roster if you move on from all of your draft picks. In my opinion, you get the quarterback set and then you figure it out from there and a lot of those holes that are going to get filled by the Giants are not getting filled with first round draft picks and they haven't been for some time yes of course you've got players like Andrew Thomas who panned out but then you have an Evan Neal who has not panned out your first round picks don't immediately plug in those gaps on your roster what really does it for you is landing a starting linebacker like Micah McFadden in the later rounds right that's what really builds your roster through and through is actually developing your mid-round talents so the New York Giants giving up two first round picks to move up into the first overall pick and go ahead and get the quarterback that they want in my opinion the quarterback transforms your team fixes a lot of your problems and then you hit on those mid-round picks to build the roster around your quarterback so I'm all in favor if the Giants decide that they have a guy in this draft that they want no matter what I'm in favor of them doing whatever they can to get him if and again I'll harken back to 2004 when the New York Giants wanted Eli Manning they said that's who we want well fine we'll settle on Philip Rivers if we have to But because Eli Manning didn't want to go to San Diego, they ended up making that trade. They gave up a lot to go ahead and get Eli Manning. You think back on that, what if they stuck with Phillip Rivers? Would they have actually won Super Bowls if they went with Phillip Rivers? In my opinion, I think that Eli Manning was the only guy that they could have drafted in that class that could have won them those two Super Bowls. So they made the right decision there. They gave up a boatload and they got their guy. But the Giants have to be fully convinced that whatever trade they're going to make is going to land them their guy, their Super Bowl-yielding quarterback, a guy that can win championships and bring them prolonged success. If the Giants are sitting in April and they don't feel like one of those guys 
is on the board anywhere on the draft board. If they're saying there is not an Eli Manning Super Bowl winning or a franchise-altering quarterback on the board, you don't make a single trade. In fact, you might even trade down to one of those quarterback-hungry teams. So I'm going all the way on the opposite end of the spectrum here. It's really up to Joe Shane. If Joe Shane feels like Drake May, Caleb Williams, or Jaden Daniels, even one of the three, not all three, but just one of them is a franchise quarterback, you make the move. If he doesn't feel like any of those three are franchise quarterbacks, you stick and pick or you move down and you get a lot of value out of other teams. It's really, really important that the Giants don't reach on a quarterback and force one. That's what they did in 2019, in my opinion. When they selected Daniel Jones with the sixth overall pick, it felt to me like they felt as though they needed to get a quarterback. They had to get somebody in place for when they're ready to move on from Eli Manning. They needed to have somebody next up. So they drafted a quarterback, the best one that they thought was available. But ultimately... That wasn't the right decision. You don't draft a quarterback just to draft a quarterback. You see if there's a franchise-altering guy, and then you make the move to go and get him. But when you look at teams like Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett, they felt like they had to draft a quarterback, so they did. It wasn't a good decision. Again, Giants and Daniel Jones. It happens year in and year out. Uh, New England with Mac Jones. Tom Brady just left. They had to go ahead and get a quarterback. They got Mac Jones. That did not pan out. Whenever teams choose to take quarterbacks just because that's a position of need for them or they feel like they have to, Oftentimes, it doesn't work out and they get the wrong guy. So the New York Giants should only be drafting a quarterback if they feel like there's a franchise-altering player that they need to go up and get. And then you're talking about those big trade-ups. But Alex, when you're looking at that, kind of that scenario, the Giants shouldn't just take a quarterback to take one, right? I assume you're in agreement with me on that one. And how comfortable are you if they if they decide that Caleb Williams is a franchise-altering guy? So if they give up a boatload, they give up two, maybe three first-round picks and move up into that spot. Are you comfortable with the New York Giants declaring, like, this is our guy. I'm giving up everything possible in order to go ahead and draft this player, no matter what the price tag is. Well, I'll throw out a good example for you guys. If you're concerned about having draft capital, you know, consider the fact that the the Denver Broncos <laughs> traded away two first round picks, two second round picks, and a fifth round pick for Russell Wilson, and they won two more games than us this year. So, you know, you want to look at a team that just gave away a ton of capital and has actually ended up better off and actually, you know, and obviously Russell Wilson was just benched and like he's that obviously he's going sideways. But we can't develop our draft picks, guys. Like, you know, I think that's the main thing. If we, if we're, if people are hammering home the idea that we need to be going out and drafting an offensive lineman, we need to go get a coach that can actually develop this player. We, I have zero faith, absolutely no faith, that we can draft an offensive lineman and, and actually make them good NFL talent. I have no faith. Andrew Thomas really essentially did it on his own. He went and actually went with a, like worked with a personal trainer, a personal coach to get better. It was not the Giants, guys. It certainly wasn't Bobby Johnson. It certainly wasn't Mark Colombo. You know what I mean? Like it, it was him on his own doing it, doing the, the hard work. Um, and, and for what it's worth, like if you want to go out and get a wide receiver one, of course, am I going to be upset getting Malik Neighbors or Marvin Harrison Jr.? Absolutely not. You're getting a guy that could be a WR1. I just don't think that Daniel Jones can maximize a WR1. You know, I don't think that he has the mental processing. I don't think that he has the the qualities and capabilities because we saw him. We, I mean, look, the offensive line is a big variable. I know there are other things that have worked against Daniel Jones in the past, but Kenny Galladay was a non-factor. Darren Waller was a non-factor. Like, we, we keep trying to add guys that we think are top talents that end up becoming nothing for us because we don't have the offensive line or the quarterback. Um, so right now, I feel like you get the quarterback and then you 
and then you round out the rest of the offensive line because, my friends, you can build the offensive line and draft a quarterback. You, you, are you going to draft an offensive lineman again and then pray to God our guys, our, our coaches develop him? It's not. That's not how it's worked lately. It's. It's honestly, it's been the exact opposite of that. We've been drafting them. And they've been getting worse. You know, Evan Neal is a perfect example. John Michael Schmitz. I have a lot of hope for him, but he's not been good this year as a rookie. Um, I think next year he'll take a step forward. But you know, for now we wait on that. Um, and we and we question when is it going to happen because right now I'm in the, I'm in the mindset of I'm questioning everything the Giants do because you know it's been years of the same story of you know underwhelming performances underwhelming development except for a few key players like Dexter Lawrence and you know we've seen flashes from Kayvon Thibodeau this year we need to see more consistency out of him but you know at this point like you get the quarterback you let Brian Dable go to work on him because you saw what he did with Tommy DeVito you see you see the glimpses of wow, these guys that aren't supposed to be good are actually performing well. I think Daniel Jones just has limitations that go beyond what coaching can do to help him. Um, I think that he is a slow mental processor. I don't think he gets to his reads fast enough. I think he's inaccurate in portions of the field. His deep ball accuracy got way worse this season. Um, and yes, the offensive line plays a big part in that, but he also hesitates like crazy. He doesn't get rid of the ball and he doesn't take chances downfield and he just throws it to the sticks and teams know exactly how to stop him. They've laid out the entire game plan on how to stop Daniel Jones. You put him on, you put pressure on him and he will make the mistakes for you it's it's a tale as old as time at this point we know what we see in Daniel Jones um, but you guys know like I'm over I'm over giving him more chances coming off an ACL tear one neck injury away from his career ending and then if you if if he gets injured again there's there's injury guarantees in 2025 that mean we have to pay even more money in dead salary guys like it's all the signs point toward you know him leaving but look people will come in the comments and they have been saying well, Joe Shane said, we're not moving on from Daniel Jones. Joe Shane said that when he's healthy, he's the quarterback. Yeah, because Joe Shane is going to tell us the freaking draft strategy five months before the draft. Give me a break. Are you that naive to think that general managers are out here giving away their draft plans four or five months before the draft? That is ridiculous. I've never actually seen – you know better than this. The people saying that, that you actually buy that crap. You know better than this. You know not to believe Joe Shane or any GM telling you what they're going to do or who's starting months before you even get to that point. It's possible the Giants don't draft the quarterback, but it's not. But I'm certainly not going to you know, sit here and be like, oh, yeah, like I'm taking his word at face value, and I'm taking his word as truth way before that time comes because that's nonsense, and you know it. So right now, if the Giants want that guy, and then, like you said earlier, if they have the guy in mind, if they're like, this dude could be generational, this dude could be elite, this is who we need, this is what we got to do to get ourselves back into a place where we can win football games at a, at a, at a sustainable pace that will save the jobs of Shane and Brian Dable, they have to go get their guy. Because the truth is, Anthony, and I think this is really what you're coming down to right now, this is what it boils down to, Joe Shane and Brian Dable have one more year to save their jobs. One more. If, they, if this happens next year, they're both gone. And, and I'd be willing to put my money on that. They're both gone if this happens next year. Draft capital in 2025 does not matter to them. Why? Because they need to show that they can win games and see progress now. So if they're willing to take the chance on a quarterback to save their jobs, they need to do it now. They can't be holding on to draft picks in 2025 when they may not even freaking be here. So that's my that's really what it boils down to me. They need to do it now. If they love the guy, if they love a quarterback, they got to make the move because if they don't, they're probably out of jobs next year because I am willing to bet on this as well. Daniel Jones is not running for 700 yards and multiple touchdowns next year coming off an ACL tear. He's probably going to miss the first couple weeks of the season. And can you really expect him to suddenly come back and solve all of the passing issues that he has? Is the offensive line going to be significantly better? 
with his salary cap in the future too, with no with no option, uh, you know, outside of him, at fifty six million dollars in two thousand twenty five, are you really gonna are we gonna spend money? No, you have no freaking money. So, you know, right now I just I just don't see how you don't draft the quarterback. I really just don't see how you stay with Daniel Jones and stay this course and hope that he can suddenly turn into a, a championship caliber quarterback, if not even just a franchise caliber quarterback. I'm over it, mainly because I don't trust him. And I don't trust him coming off serious injuries, neck and ACL tears. I don't know how you trusted him before, after this. I, I seriously question how on earth you think he's going to turn things around, but not you. People, the people that are questioning us, I think a lot of people agree. Um, but Anthony, you know, looking at right now in in the position that Shane and Dable are in, how do you think they feel in terms of the future draft capital? Do you think they really care about that because they know they could be gone next year anyway? Yeah, I think that they still care about it, but I don't think they care enough about it to say I'm not gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna forego this opportunity to land the franchise altering quarterback. You know, like if they have the opportunity to swing for the fences, get the quarterback that they think is going to save this team, save this franchise, save them their jobs. They're going to make that move, and they will mortgage their future in order to do it. And listen, it's just mortgaging the future. It's not getting rid of your future. You're just giving up a few picks in the future to get your guy who hopefully makes up the value of those picks, and then eventually you get more picks, you make more trades, you make more draft selections. It all works out in the end if you build this thing properly. And I understand that a lot of Giants fans don't feel comfortable doing something like that because they haven't seen their team build a good team in a while. It's been a long time since the New York Giants properly built their roster. There's been a lot of failures. There's been a lot of setbacks. There's been a lot of bad draft picks. There's been a lot of bad moves. I understand all that, but if you really want to think back to the last time that the New York Giants were good, it was from that 2004 to 2016 period when Eli Manning was manning this team, when he was the franchise quarterback of this team, and that's when the Giants were good. That rebuild that successfully com- uh, uh, ended in two Super Bowls and a franchise quarterback career, that all started with a trade-up for a quarterback, a huge trade, and they did mortgage their future, and it paid off because they ended up winning Super Bowls. So I think that oftentimes these teams that end up making those big-time trades for quarterbacks, sure, sometimes they get burned. The 49ers got burned in a way. They got lucky to land Brock Purdy. Don't even factor that in. They got burned on the Trey Lance trade. Did the Bills get burned by trading up for Josh Allen? Absolutely not. And if you really want to think about it, in 2018, when the Buffalo Bills were looking into that uh, NFL draft, quarterback was not necessarily a guarantee for them. If you think back on it, they weren't one of those teams that was definitely drafting a QB. But they ended up drafting one. They ended up finding their guy trading up to get him. And who was involved in that trade for Josh Allen? No other than Joe Shane. So if I'm expecting anybody in this Giants organization to understand the importance of trading up and getting your guy that you think can alter your franchise, I'm trusting in Joe Shane to understand that because he's done it once before. And now he's watched Josh Allen go out there and find mountains of success with the Buffalo Bills. Has it culminated in the Super Bowl? No, not yet. Will it one day? It very well could, but you couldn't have said that about the Buffalo Bills prior to 2018, prior to them making that move to get their franchise quarterback. And if you look at all of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, all of the best franchise guys, 99% of them, that's a, that's a hypothetical made-up number, but a lot of them were traded up to acquired, right? You, you saw the Carolina Panthers traded up for Bryce Young. You saw the Houston Texans traded up for C.J. Stroud. You saw the Kansas City Chiefs trade up for Patrick Mahomes. And now Giants fans are trying to tell me that trading up is a mistake. Look at all of the franchise quarterbacks in this NFL. They were all trade-ups. 
All of them require three trade-ups. Not all of them, but most of them. So if you're the New York Giants and you're looking at this upcoming draft class, you can't just sit there and expect things to fall into place for you. You can't stick and pick and hope that you get the right guy. You identify the prospect that you want, and you go out there, you pay the price to get him. And again, Joe Shane understands that. So I understand that. Joe Shane understands that. And I think that looking ahead five months from now, once we get to draft season, there's a really good chance uh, that the New York Giants will end up moving up for a quarterback. However... There are a lot of barriers in the way from acquiring that guy. The The draft order does not look good for the Giants right now with Washington ahead of them, with New England ahead of them. Those two teams, just because their draft pick is one to two spots higher, automatically they're the teams that have higher uh, value draft capital to trade up with. And that's just how it is. So the New York Giants are going to have to get creative. And these final two games could really alter this draft order and really alter the Giants draft strategy. So we'll see what goes on there. But at the end of the day, it's going to be a long offseason. We'll see how it all shapes out. But I think that Joe Shane, his comments at the bye week talking about Daniel Jones, what else is he going to say? They just made a big financial commitment to the quarterback. He's not going to just sit there right after the quarterback tears his ACL and say, we're getting rid of him. That's That would, first of all, just be mean, just be cruel to Daniel Jones. And second of all, it would give away the Giants' hand months in advance. He's not going to say anything that makes you think that he's drafting a quarterback until after they've already drafted their quarterback. That's just how it's going to go. Even in 2019, did we not think that that Dave Gettleman was going to draft Josh Allen? Did we not think that he wasn't going to draft a quarterback? There was a huge portion of the fan base that thought there was no chance because he kept saying publicly that they weren't targeting a quarterback, that they weren't trying to replace Eli Manning, that they were going to go ahead and get some help for Eli. And then they went and they drafted a quarterback anyway. So if you don't trust Joe Shane or you do trust Joe Shane, you're, you're kidding yourself. Dave Gettleman lied. Joe Shane's going to lie. All in the NFL GMs are going to lie to the media because they don't want other NFL GMs to know what their plans are. And that's really what it boils down to for the New York Giants. So it's a long road ahead. Again, five months still until the upcoming NFL draft. But right now, seeing the draft board, hearing some of the rumors, Washington is really that team that the Giants are going to have to keep an eye on when it comes to draft season. So Alex, before we wrap, I want to get your take on the Washington, the rivalry angle of this. How would you feel if Washington was the team that snatched the Giants quarterback from them? The Giants would then have to face that quarterback twice per year. Do you think that that adds fuel to the fire for the Giants? Do you think that if they're not completely sold on a quarterback, they're not maybe? Maybe they're like, I don't know if we want to trade up. Do you think the idea that Washington could go up and get the guy instead maybe motivates them a little bit further to say, you know what, screw it. Let's foil Washington's plans. Let's make sure a division rival doesn't land a franchise quarterback in this draft. Let's make sure that if anybody lands a franchise quarterback, it's us. Do you think that has some sort of weight in the Giants' uh, thought process and decision-making going up into this upcoming NFL draft? And how do you feel about that? Like, Do you want the, the Giants to make sure that Washington doesn't get their guy? Look, the truth is right now, man, the Giants beat up on Washington every single year and yet they still some if they still end up with the quarterback they still end up with the guy that we want it's going to really piss me off i know this happened with chase young a couple of years ago and it didn't pan out for them we obviously got andrew thomas and it was more than fine um but when it comes to a quarterback it's a little bit different you know it's a little bit different at at that position when you end up with the guy and the giants are left oh we beat we beat washington twice with tommy devito at quarterback but you know <laughs> and then we don't have that long term guy now so you know of course it's going to rub me the wrong way it's going to piss me off it's i'm going to be frustrated if that were to happen but a lot has to happen for that, and I think the Giants will move up if they know there's a guy. I Look, I trust Joe Shane enough that if he doesn't like these quarterbacks, he won't do something drastic. There's And look, there's, there's this creep, there's this thought that creeps into my head 
And it's that the Giants are going to say to themselves, all right, let's use Daniel Jones as a bridge and then take the out and develop a guy behind the scenes. Whether it be like a Michael Penix or a Bo Nix or a J.J. McCarthy, there's a world where the Giants say to themselves, these guys could be good. These guys could be something, but they need a little bit of time to develop. So you use Daniel Jones and that $46 million cap it next year as a bridge into another quarterback. Um, and then you develop somebody. You could even trade down and still get one of these quarterbacks. Like There is a world where we see that. But it's a huge gamble, right? It's a huge gamble. Do you go for the, the guy that has elite tangible traits, elite qualities, or the one that could be great if all things, you know, hit, all things get better? Um, you know, J.J. McCarthy does not operate in a pass-heavy offense. Um, does he have some NFL throws in his, in his repertoire? Absolutely. Does he have a good stature? Can he run the football? Yes. But he needs a lot of work. Bo Nix, you know, we know the injuries to Michael Penix. We know that some of these guys – have a lot of limitations and you know there's risks included with them um do the giants take a gamble on one of those it's difficult to actually sit here and tell you that i'm willing to take that gamble and risk um unless we're going to trade back and get like a ridiculous amount of capital and it would have to be so worth it but right now i think that we need to go after a guy who's going to change the course of this organization we need to go after a guy that has the upside that you know you look you look at Patrick Mahomes struggling right now but the guy is going to win football games no matter what when the postseason comes. And you need to find a guy that's going to do that. You know what I mean? Like you see Jalen Hurts right now and that offense is struggling. They obviously beat us up a little bit, but that's because we're the Giants and we just get beat up by the Eagles. Um, and, you know, you see there the last couple of games, like they've been falling off a little bit. Jalen Hurts is struggling a bit. Um, you, But at the same time, he can change the course of a game in the blink of an eye. Would I trade Jalen Hurts right now for, for Daniel Jones? Absolutely. I wouldn't even think twice about it. You know what I mean? So it's like you have to find the guy that when it all comes down to it, you 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 trust that they're going to elevate the team. You trust they're going to make a play. You trust they're going to do something crazy when the time comes, when it, when you need it to happen. Um, I can't sit here and tell you like J.J. McCarthy is going to do that or Bo Nix or Michael Penix are going to be able to do that. Um, I can tell you that Jaden Daniels can do that. I can tell you that Drake May can do that, and I can say that Caleb Williams can do that. Um, those guys are special talents. You know, they're, they have abilities that not many other human beings do. You take chances on unique, on unicorns like that. You take chances on guys with upside that you can't even limit. You can't see their ceiling because it's so high. That's where you go. You know, you have to take a gamble on those types of talents because if you hit on one, you're good for the next 10, 15 years. But if you don't, you know, at least you tried. And for right now, the Giants aren't really trying to find that guy. Daniel Jones is not that guy. Um, we've seen it over and over again. If you want to keep going through the gauntlet of trying to fix this offensive line for him, then you do you. I'm not going to hold it against you, but I'm probably going to struggle to watch this team as we do on a yearly basis. And yes, last year was fine. It was fun. We won a playoff game, but we had the easiest schedule in football. And Daniel Jones really got it done on the ground with his legs a lot of times. And Saquon Barkley played almost every single game. And you can't rely on Saquon market to carry us forever and you can't rely on daniel jones to actually get um you know get actually produce on the ground this upcoming season before he's out in his contract so there's a lot of question marks um the giants are gonna have to figure it out man it's gonna be really interesting next couple months but this draft is could be game changing for us you know this draft could be could change our entire experience as Giants fans. Um, I'm willing to take that gamble. If we have to trade a first-round pick to get one of those top quarterbacks, I am 100% willing to do it because I want to take a chance on being great for a long time and not being mediocre for a long time. So, you know, that that's kind of where I sit on things. I'm sitting in the same spot as you, man. I agree. Uh, and just for a reference point, when the Buffalo Bills traded up for Josh Allen, they ended up doing a first-round pick swap plus adding two second-round picks. They had the 53rd and the 56th overall picks in the draft. So they traded both of those seconds plus their first to move up five spots 
uh, for their franchise quarterback, Josh Allen. The Giants, maybe they could do something similar. They have two second-round picks. Maybe they give those up, and they give up their current first-round pick to move up. Only thing is, I think it's going to be a little bit more competitive than that. I think they are going to have to give up a future first. But again, we'll see, man. It's a lot of time between now and the draft. Maybe Caleb Williams returns to college for another year because of the NIL money. That's possible. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's coming out in the draft. But again, there's just a lot of variance to this whole ordeal, to this upcoming NFL draft. There's a lot of players that we think are going to be in the draft that maybe they don't declare. There's a lot of players who are going to declare that are going to shoot up the draft board come the NFL Combine and come the Senior Bowl. So it's going to be interesting. If you think back, 2021 even, uh, Kadarius Toney. At this time of the year, he wasn't considered a first-round pick. Then he went to the Senior Bowl. He dominated at the Senior Bowl. And then the New York Giants made him a first-round pick. And we know how that panned out. But still, it happens every single year. There's late risers. There's late fallers in the draft process. So it's a long time between now and the upcoming NFL draft. But what I will say, I think that there's a lot of competition. The more and more we look at this draft board, the more rumors that we hear about Washington wanting quarterbacks the more we realize that the New York Giants, if they do want a quarterback, they have a lot of competition to go get that guy. And it's probably going to end up costing them quite a bit to acquire that player. So brace yourself, Giants fans. The Giants might be making a pretty drastic change to their organization uh, come the NFL draft. I think it's going to be something really, really exciting. Blockbuster move for sure. However, Maybe we're all wrong about this. Maybe Joe Shane is telling the truth and he's building around Daniel Jones. And maybe they just draft another offensive tackle who probably doesn't pan out, but maybe he does. That's also a possibility. But it's going to be an interesting NFL draft. It's going to be an interesting NFL offseason. And of course, we're going to be talking about all the different scenarios that the New York Giants could possibly embark down right here on Fireside Giants. So... Make sure to leave a like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode and comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we will catch you all in the next one. Have a good one and let's go Giants.